thanks everyone for coming out for the podcast and set. My guest this week is Mr. Nate Parsons. Hello. Hello. Thanks for coming out. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, we're just meeting for the first time tonight. This is the first time. Uh, and from what you told me just shortly ago, you started doing this about three and a half, four years ago? Yep. I started in Baltimore with the Baltimore Improv Group and then was on a house team at the Charm City Comedy Project for a year. And then when work took me out to San Francisco, I started up at Endgames Comedy and All Out Comedy. And that's where you're based out of right now, is you're right. up there. And you're not only performing there, but you're also directing a show? I'm directing a JTS Brown format show based on my limited knowledge of the form. And we are putting it in front of an audience next month. That's, that's very cool. Uh, what made you start? The, how, just, what was the first thing that got you up? In general, I've always liked comedy and watching Whose Line Is It Anyways, and I had just filed it mentally as something that other people do. And I got an engineering degree, and I went into programming satellites. And then uh, when I found out that it's something that anyone could do, I immediately signed up for classes and never stopped. That's great. And he said, you, you said you also did uh, the Camp Improv Utopia? Yeah, I did that uh, because I heard saw someone in a late night Conan O'Brien type interview offhand and as part of their story mentioned it's not like an improv camp or anything. So I Googled improv camp <laughs> and, <laughs> and got on the waiting list and then bugged Nick Armstrong for a month until I got bumped off the waiting list. That's great. Uh, now what amazes me, just like you said, you got a degree in engineering yep. and you started programming satellites. Yes. So what exactly, what exactly does that mean? Uh, it has meant everything from writing the software that actually runs on board to testing that software and writing the mission control software, which is what I do now. All right. Now, <laughs> I want to hear more. Yeah. I want to, you write the software for mission, because I hear yeah. mission control, and I think Apollo 13, mission control, Yep. NASA. Uh, so this is not for NASA. Although I have worked on NASA programs in the past, and I was a flight controller there. We'll and just put that right here. We'll just put that aside. Uh, and uh, now I'm working for a private company called Planet, and we don't use so many people. Our operations center looks like uh, open floor plan office, and right. we have three full-time operators here and then a team in Berlin. How but many satellites are you have a hand in right now? We have over 150 in orbit right now. <laughs> all right, all right, so it's so all right. So wait a minute. Oh, and I'm also on call at the moment. You're on call at the moment for for, for what? <laughs> for if something goes wrong in mission control, uh, I have to be able to respond in an hour or so. Oh, you have an hour or so? Yeah. So we'll be good. Because right now, oh, actually, right now, I, I, I wish like something would go wrong just so you would <laughs> you be called. It's like my guest just had to leave because a satellite is crashing yeah. into the planet and he has to save us. The satellites would be fine. Uh, they are designed to um, go without contact from us in a while. And anything that goes wrong would be a very early stage problem that we can correct without waking up in the middle of the night. All right. Uh, so 
back to that little piece you yeah. put on the table of you worked for NASA for a little bit. Yeah, so I can't say I technically work for NASA because they're very particular about who does and who doesn't. Is it Johns Hopkins University signed my checks, and I worked for their applied physics lab. But we worked on NASA programs, and uh, one of those missions is in the sky right now, and another will be launched in 2018. And that one will eventually be the closest object we ever send to the sun. Oh, that one. That one, yeah. It's called Solar Probe Plus. Right. The plus is because it's better than the other solar probe that was proposed. <laughs> there was solar probe suck. Yeah. And now solar probe plus. Uh, so some of your work is in that. Yeah. I got to work on the uh, model checking code to make sure that we don't send any improper sequence of commands and on the radio software. So unless someone goes and rewrites what I did, I'll have a little bit of assembly language running every two minutes, keeping the radio in working order. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, but it is like, a, definitely an exercise I, in delayed gratification because I worked on this two years ago. Right. It's not even going to launch for another two years, and then it's not going to make its closest approach to the sun for another seven years. Another seven years? Yeah. It has oh, to okay. do seven flybys of... Venus to slow it down so that it falls essentially into the sun, and then it will be going. Uh, so we are one astronomical unit away from the sun. It's going the you know, Earth to the sun, and Solar Probe Plus will be 0.05 AU from the sun. All right. That's closest approach. I understood sun. Yep. <laughs> and when you said Earth. Uh, so that means it's 95% it, oh, of the way there. How fast is that thing going to be moving when it's traveling through space? I don't know the exact number, but it'll be faster than any man-made object ever. Really? Yeah. Faster than uh, the mission to Pluto and the Voyagers. New Horizons was also built by the Applied Physics Lab where I worked. It was actually the uh, fastest takeoff because all the energy was put into the rocket, but then as it goes out, it still has to fight against the gravity of the sun, whereas Solar Probe can just all right. use it. That makes sense. Yeah. To my to my tiny little brain. Uh, I try. No, that's just that's just amazing and fascinating to me. Because uh, to me, I'm just thinking, yeah, and and, and we also make shit up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's it, what we're doing here. We 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 make shit up. I'm designing something. It's. I mean, you're, uh, I'm designing something that's going to go to the sun. It's like, yeah. Okay. All well, right. So the key to uh, working on anything that needs to work with a high degree of certainty is to make it as boring as possible, because excitement, while great for movies and improv, is uh, not great when you want things to work. Right. Excitement is when usually synonymous with disaster. Yeah. Yes. So. There's just a lot of planning and meetings and people with different skill sets coming together to make sure that their part works and that uh, in the case of Solar Pro Plus, it's designed so that uh, any one thing can go wrong and the mission can still succeed. Right. So there are three computers operating simultaneously and uh, the one is in the primary 
role and the hot spare can take over at any time. And then for every other piece, there's a equally capable B-side, the NAB side, because it has a heat shield that's made out of this carbon composite that's uh, either very similar to or identical to artificial bone chemical compounds right. uh, that absorbs all the heat from that 3,000 degree uh, surface of the sun. And it doesn't the, matter if it's Celsius but it's or Fahrenheit. it's hotter, actually, away from the sun, correct? Yeah, the core is the hottest, and it gets cooler <clears throat> as you travel out from the core. But then the corona, or the surface, is, for some reason, hotter than the layer below it. And that's one of the things that this spacecraft is trying to figure out. Right. I, I read that in some magazine. And you read correctly. Yes, I did. Uh, <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm curious. You take, like, that sort of thinking or analysis or meticulousness, mm -hmm. uh, how, how do you find improv, basically, where it's like, it's, it's a different thing, it's but, but it, 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 it's not that that skill set isn't useful. I think they're complementary. Uh, it uh, feels to me like I'm exercising different parts of my brain, and I don't see myself giving up one or the other to focus on one because... <laughs> I would find that other part missing. And it's something that I do carry with me in scenes is that uh, level of analysis that I also try to let go of and just be in the moment. And then uh, conversely, at, at work, I like to sit with a problem and learn by building and failing to build it. and going back over right yeah I was thinking because like for me I've always I've approached improvisation fairly formally some would say mathematically mm -hmm. as far as the way I I break it down to what I see as it's the it's working components yeah uh like I teach what's called position play which means if someone starts a scene whatever they say as long as I'm listening that takes the being in the moment part. As long as I'm listening, they're going to tell me what to do, and I'm going to know what to do in a couple seconds uh, yeah. based on what they say. Because uh, it's all... It's funny because it, it, it almost makes... The way I've... The amount that I've studied it, it almost makes it sound like there's a formula. It's like... A, it's like yeah. there's not a... There's not a not a formula necessarily for all comedy, but there's definitely underlying structures that I can be aware of and be like, well... That means we start here. It's the details that make the possibilities infinite, but at least I know where, where basically to go. Yeah, and from what I've learned of position play through Brian O'Connell, uh, I saw a lot of similarities between that and uh, a programming language that I like to use called OCaml, and I started writing a program that would, uh, the idea was to take in the, uh, starting from the initiation, what kind of move it was, and to, through the type system of OCaml, generate possible, or you know, identify what the position was and then right. provide uh, a response. I've thought about that f for years, as far as like, just taking, just as far as like, in trying to, to break it down, you, you look at it in all kinds of different ways and say, all right, 
what if, you know, given this type of thing, what are the possible choices you have? Mm -hmm. And with each choice, what are the possible choices that that allows for? Uh, and to me, one, that becomes just at the base level becomes complicated enough. And then when you, when yeah. you add in the variable of detail and on top of that, the interpretation of detail, then it becomes something that is very complicated. And that's where most of the complication in programs come to. You can come up with a uh, basic solution to a problem and then all of the long effort comes into uh, making the interfaces between components work and handling all of the corner cases uh, because when you're programming it ahead of time, you have to think of uh, all of the paths. In improv, you just choose one. You try to choose the simplest possibility. Absolutely. And there's no going back. So don't think about it. But when you write a program, it can be given all of the possible inputs at any point in time. I'm just trying to think of, like, is there a way to... <clears throat> trying to think of saying what we're both saying uh, as far as like the complexity, the potential complexity of what's going to happen versus the, the simple idea of being in the moment. Uh, I'm just, what you're saying reminded me of like sometimes like with, I know like having uh, read stuff about like a, a thinker like Einstein or something who basically mm -hmm. would like, just ha have what he called thought experiments. Yeah. <clears throat> Where basically just let your mind wander, see if something There's a long up tradition happens. of thought experiments in science. Right. I'm just like, I'm, I'm just, I was thinking like that sort of thing. Like I imagine like there's like an improv to me, that's more like the play. The play of improv is more like a thought experiment. Whereas the, the understanding behind it is the meticulous study. But once you start playing, you sort of let go of the study and see where your mind takes you. I think so. Or, uh, or say the, it better. Say that better. Well, I won't necessarily make it better, but in make quantum mechanics... Make it better. You're sending something <laughs> to the goddamn you, sun. Make yeah, it better. Uh, it, in quantum mechanics, the idea is that you have... Uh, all possibilities are there in the system you're observing or in the system you're about to observe. But when you observe it, you only see one of those possibilities. Right, that's one of the, oh, that's one of those. What, what is, is, it, is that just quantum mechanics you're describing or is that a specific thing you're describing in quantum mechanics? That is That's an idea that's driven me nuts. Core to quantum mechanics. Basically, once you, what's the thing where like, once you observe something, it disappears or it, it uh, it's pretty easy. It's just called the observer effect. What, that, <laughs> it's it's, it's uh, often confused with the Heisenberg uncertainty principle, which is that you can't know the position and momentum of a particle at the same time. It also applies to uh, other things, but position and, mo and velocity are the easiest to picture because we have macroscopic analogs. But uh, it just comes from the equations that 
we don't know why, but reality happens to follow, that uh, when you look for the solution uh, to these probabilistic equations, you can't get their certainty to 100% on both quantities, position and velocity. All right, I, th I think, <laughs> I think I, somewhere in there is a the thing that I was, I was that, that thing about like, when, like something about like when you observe something, you just, yeah. you destroy it. You, you, you collapse the wave function into one reality. So where quantum mechanics is the superposition of possibilities and everything's going on at once, uh, that works at the small quantum scale. And that opens the door to like the multiverse, right? That's part of uh, the multiverse theories. Right. Uh, but when we uh, have quantum systems interacting with the everyday world that you and I live in, uh, we don't ever see things being both there and not there right. or up and down. We see one or the other. And that is because whenever we observe something, whatever you want to define observe as, uh, that is when the, all the possibilities collapse. Right, that one. is such a mind fuck. Uh, I, um, my engineering degree was in engineering physics, and I made it through uh, all four years, but the halfway through the spring semester of my senior year was about when I reached my limit of understanding in uh, statistical thermodynamics. And fortunately, I'd put in enough time and done well enough in the beginning of the semester that I was able to make it through. <laughs> Well, reminds but, me of, like I, was, I was telling you briefly outside, like my dad uh, got his degree in, in nuclear physics. Mm -hmm. uh, and he was actually, I think, just a couple credits shy of getting his master's in nuclear physics, but he decided he didn't want to raise his family in a desert, so he just got a job <laughs> in Chicago. Mm -hmm. But I remember he was the kind of guy growing up uh, who just like, don't ask him a question unless you really want to know the answer. I remember I asked him, and I was probably 14, I asked him how a battery worked. Oh, yeah. And it, it, it began with, you know, the, the first battery. Yeah. Uh, just like, here's, first you have to understand. And it's funny, because he's, he's 88 now, I think, and he, was, mm -hmm. he, he knows he does this now. For a long time, I don't, th I don't think he knew he did it. He was just answering questions. But he's, he tries to be aware of it, and it was, he was working at the, at the, he still works, like 60 hours a week, and he was working in Chicago at Navy Pier, and he's just standing there on his break, looking at the water, and some, some ladies there, oh, look at the water, it's so beautiful, like, yes it is, and she goes, I wonder why it looks blue out there, and green down here, and he was like, do you really want to know? Yeah. <laughs> and he starts explaining. <laughs> And then he, he notices the sort of her eyes glass over. And he's like, all right, I'm doing it again. It's just, it's, 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 it's fun out there. That's why it's blue. <laughs> yeah, I, I love understanding more. I think it makes things more beautiful to understand uh, what it is that's causing it. I don't think it loses the magic to know that light comes from electrons falling down to a lower energy state and emitting a photon. And... <laughs> uh, then I, 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 of course, do not know that. 
<clears throat> I kind of understand what, what, what you're saying just yeah. because I grew up with the, my father. Uh, but yeah, that's the sort of thing. I, I, Have you I, seen any I, of... I absolutely agree. Yeah, Richard Feynman's interviews. No. Uh, he uh, worked on the Los Alamos project and then uh, went on to teach at Caltech and won a Nobel Prize for quantum electrodynamics and uh, was usually popular for his uh, lectures and the way he talked about science because he was able to bring it to life. And he uh, has a couple of videos that are on YouTube of he's just sitting back in a couch with some documentarian asking him things and uh, he's asked uh, why and how magnets work. And he goes all the way back to, you know, it's actually the same principle that keeps our fingers from repelling each other. The reason why I don't pass through you is the same reason that magnets work. It's just that with a magnet, that same force extends beyond what we think of as the physical barrier of the thing. So he can't explain how magnets work in terms of simpler things because right. there are no simpler concepts that are familiar to us as people with meat brains. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so funny. I, to I told you this story. I don't think I've ever told the story here, but it, cra uh, it cracked me up because my father, the, the, the one exception to the thing I just described was when he was mm -hmm. helping me with my schoolwork. Like I was telling you outside, like I say I was taking like algebra, like beginning algebra or something. And my father would always, I'd ask him like, how do you do this? And he's like, I don't know. What does it say? And he'd, he'd, he'd you know, make me go through it and figure it out. But he'd say things like, we didn't have that when I was a kid. Uh, I have no idea how to do that. That's amazing that, that, that you can learn that these days. And it wasn't until I was in my like, late 20s, way too late, where it dawned on me that my father, who got his degree in nuclear physics, probably knew fucking algebra. Probably did. He just bullshitted me the whole time. And I thought, that's, that's brilliant uh, as far as just getting some. But it, it cracked me up how long it took me to realize that, wait a minute, dad knows algebra. <laughs> I remember for the longest time, like, man, dad doesn't know algebra, man. Yeah, what dad, a joker. He's lucky he has me around <laughs> to do algebra things. Uh, all right, great. Uh, do we have any questions for Nate? And there's a there's a big opening there. As far as there, is there anything you want to understand in a way that you probably don't want to understand it? What would you suggest reading to get a general understanding of physics for the layperson? Yes, uh, please. I would recommend uh, any of anything you see with Feynman's name on it. Uh, there's um, classic Feynman is a compendium of two different books. I don't know if I'm the best one to. Uh, answer this question because I was given by my parents a book by Brian Greene who is a physicist that is very popular for the way he's able to relate simple concepts or you know complex concepts in simple language but uh, I got to the first chapter and there was a footnote that said this goes comes from the four fundamental equations of electromag electromagnetism and then see the appendix, and the appendix listed the equations, and I didn't understand the equations. So I put the book down and went to Cornell and 
took physics <laughs> to learn it that way. <laughs> so I, I took the hard path. <laughs> Uh, there's also uh, Stephen Hawking's A Brief History of Time uh, has a great explanation of special relativity and how space bends and uh, diagrams that came up again when I took special relativity uh, in a classroom setting and is a great way of thinking about it. I just, I just like the idea that you, you ran across one thing you didn't know. <laughs> it's like, nope, I'm not continuing this book until yeah. I, until I and that's a big fucking thing until I understand all the rules of, of electromagnetism yeah uh, that's great anything else what is dark matter and how dangerous is it to our world I was gonna yeah. ask you I was gonna ask you your opinion on dark on, on dark matter I'll, I'll give my horseshoe opinion <laughs> sure very quick and then you can correct me to me I always thought dark matter was is, is something that science invented because it cannot explain the fucking universe. And basically, like, a lot of human theory winds up not being true unless dark matter exists. Uh, this, and this thing has to exist that we can't see, we can't measure, but it has to be everywhere to the point where, like, right now, we would have to be surrounded by dark matter. Yeah, we have dark matter passing through us right now. That we can't see, can't it's, measure in any known way. It's 94% of the universe, I think. Uh, so I may be slightly off because <clears throat> it has been a while since I you know, actually studied it and had to know it. But from what I remember, uh, Einstein, when coming up with general relativity, uh, put in for uh, the um, one of his equations about how space moves a extra coefficient because it helped the math work out and it was just a coefficient and then Hubble of Hubble's telescope uh, observed that space is expanding and that this coefficient uh, accounts for that expansion that when you plug it in that number with what we see we can predict how the stars move and how galaxies form. And uh, the problem is that the coefficient corresponds to how much mass is in the universe. But we can look at all of these sources of mass, all of these stars, and we can approximate how massive they are, and we can estimate how many planets they have and how much mass that is, and you total that up, and you get a certain amount of mass that doesn't match the coefficient that clearly works because we can see how far and how fast the stars are moving apart from us. So it was originally just a construct that, well, it's matter, but it's dark because it doesn't emit any radiation. And actually, most of the things that we know about the um, universe outside of our planet uh, come from the four fundamental forces electromagnetism, gravity, strong force, and the weak force. And the strong and the weak force operate at very small scales. They're what keep atoms together. And electromagnet electromagnetic force is light. And so we see light from things. And that's how we know that there are things far away from us. But dark matter, by definition, doesn't give off any light. So we have no techniques for observing it, but by ever, uh, observing it directly. But every method that we have of understanding the universe 
doesn't make sense without dark matter there. And that's, that's the scary part to me, is that unless this is here, we're wrong about a lot, which to me is almost exciting. It's very exciting. As, as far as like, wait a minute, what, what if we begin with this doesn't exist and we got to rework everything? We can do that. It's just that um, we have to uh, adapt our standards towards what the universe will give us. And I think like we, uh, we may never see direct smoking gun evidence, although there are uh, plenty of people working on systems to essentially trap dark matter, see it in some way. But I the, saw something about that. There was some yeah. house somewhere where there's people in the basement who've been trying to measure dark matter for like 40 years. And they, they, they got, because yeah. they figure it's got to be everywhere. And they, 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 they haven't cracked anything. And uh, you know they might uh, disprove dark matter and be the most famous scientists since Einstein because you know, that that's what you want is to disprove I, I, a theory. Because I, I, I do get the idea of like it was it was it's similar in a way to uh, like the what's it called the Higgs boson? Is that what mm -hmm. it's called? Basically, we're which which we found. Well, not we because America doesn't fund <clears throat> science. Well, and also CERN did. Also, also. Isn't that sort of incorrect? Like, we didn't find it. We found evidence of it. That's all that we ever mean. Well, yeah, but, <laughs> but, but I'm saying... But, but, I a, a lot of... When, when that came out, I remember there was a lot of fucking talk about, you know, what is it? Well, like, we can't show it to you because we didn't find it per se, but we found evidence that clearly indicates that it must exist. Yeah, but that's the same uh, kind of evidence that we had for... Um, electrons and nuclei mm -hmm. originally was Rutherford firing alpha particles, which is our helium nuclei, at gold foil and having some of them bounce back. He said it's like you're firing a cannonball at a piece of tissue paper and having it ricochet. Right. Because he expected uh, things to be basically like a plum pudding where there's maybe some variations in density, but it's all even. But in reality atoms are 99.99% empty space with a very, very dense core that if uh, you have another dense core hit it, will bounce straight off right. of it. Like, 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 and that's, I, I was saying, like, I, I get the idea of like, evidence leading to... But that isn't like a direct observation. You didn't like, take it under a microscope and no, no. see it. Uh, but they were, eventually were able to. Yeah. Uh, was it, and maybe someday we'll eventually be able to actually measure dark matter in some way. Uh, although I still like the idea that we're just fucking wrong about everything. Uh, all right, great. Let's do a set. All right. What's going to happen now is me and Nate are going to do about 25 minutes of long-form improvisation for you, and all we need to get us started is a suggestion of anything at all. Mm -hmm. Dark matter. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't see that. Honey? <laughs> yes? You doing okay in there? Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> I can help. I think I can handle this myself. 
I've done it before. <laughs> I know you have. I, I need to do it for myself. I'm a nuclear physicist. I know you're a nuclear physicist. All right? I don't need nuclear physics. I mean, we've been working on this problem set for a while. It's, it's a tricky problem. I believe you. I just miss the times when I was solving problems. They don't let me solve any problems at the plant anymore. This is my job now, right? You're just slower at it. <laughs> just, I'm sorry, just what? Slower? Just, yes, I'm slower at it. You'll get quicker. I'm using foil. Ah, I know foil. <laughs> I know you know foil. Sometimes if you uh, recognize it, you can just go straight to the expanded form. <laughs> Maybe you have like a sometimes difference. Don't you have anything to do in your new position? Oh, sure. I'm just running, running reports. I got a computer to do it. <laughs> Computers are fast. <laughs> I like to do it by hand. You'll never be faster than a computer. <laughs> <laughs> You see yourself kind of race the computer to get the answer quicker? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you trying to race the computer? No, I'm not trying to race the computer, all right? I don't, the fact is, I don't know how to use the computer for this. I can come in there and show you. You have a new job. Do your new job, let me do your old job. Sure. Let me see if uh, the report came out. Fine, fine, come in. Yes. This is what I've been working on. I, the computer's not even on. Oh dear. Got the new Apple II. All right, well, hmm. Apple II. Yeah, it's personal. Ah, ah. All right, well, there's my problem. Oh, they gave you something much more advanced than they gave me. <laughs> yes. 
Yes, yeah, the third day all they did. Okay. <laughs> yes, all right. I'm I'm sorry. You're You're light years ahead of me. You can't do this? Anyway, you, you said you were foiling and uh, and expanding coefficients and I I thought that's all it was. I'm no, I'm trying to solve a complicated problem. Yeah. No, that's that's right. You you have to solve it by hand before you can give it to the computer. Otherwise, the computer just goes off into its own devices. <laughs> so it, are you are you shitting me right now? No, you you got it. You got it right there. I've been sitting here all day listening to your shit. Yeah, you, you so didn't let me in. I, easy I assume fast. it was easy. Dumbass, go back to your office then. Schrodinger's equation, right from the beginning. Excellent. Yes, that's, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I appreciate that. Schrodinger. Yeah. I'm looking after his cat right now. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's what I was thinking. But that's... You're doing the work. Yes. I don't think we should use this. Explain. <laughs> well, if, if, if I'm basing this on Schrodinger, then I'm pretty sure it's, it's not the proper safety guide for this plant. I appreciate you bringing that up. You are in this position because you are willing to tell your boss the hard truths that he needs to hear. Yes, I don't think we should we should risk killing everybody. Certainly not. We're not in the business. Who works of here? People. Just on the theory that they wouldn't be dead unless they were known to be dead. We can't re-kill someone that's already dead. That is true. Yes, I've seen. What this winds up doing <laughs> is. Releasing all of the harshest chemicals that we make into the atmosphere of the... That, that can't yes. be. We, we had Cynthia go over these numbers twice. She's the computer. She didn't tell me this. You, you, Cynthia doesn't... Cynthia wasn't using Schrodinger's formula. Uh, obviously not. I, I can't disagree with these numbers. This is... This is essentially... You can... And isn't... I feel, I, I, feel, I feel bad. I don't, I think, I... No, 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 you're doing your job. What exactly was Schrodinger's formula? I always thought it was more of a theory. There wasn't exactly a formula to it. So you've...
taken his formula and turned it on its head by making it a theory. That, that explains it. See, I was always under the impression that it was just how you arrive at hey, the... You know what? I quit. <laughs> I don't know what's going on in this, this place. Is, this, this, you make a lot of industrial chemicals in this plant, and I don't feel safe here Roger, at the moment. We, we need you. Without you, we've been clearly careening towards destruction. All right, well, don't do this. Don't follow this formula. Don't, you know, if you say the word, we'll shut this plant down. Shut this plant down. <laughs> That's what that does? Yeah. The whole plant is run by one enormous switch in my office? Yeah, we have one central location for it. You don't get windows, but you get the switch. Now, the outside, I'd like a window. <laughs> you, you can get it, but we've all lost our jobs now. There's nothing to quit. Well, I once, once I flip, flip this switch, there's no going back. It's frozen in place. Look, that was... That, yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> Good thing you didn't flip the switch prematurely. <laughs> That's what you, you just... Well, I'm saying we should, we should shut it down, but we should fix it. That, now it can't be fixed. It's shut down. It's going to a halt. The chemicals are draining from their vats as we speak. Ah! I'm out of here. <laughs> this place is madness. Save yourself, a captain must go down with the sinking ship. I am not the captain of this ship. I is, uh, I'm the captain in this situation. All right. I you, will. You, you, die in. In, you die in this building. I think I want to get another tattoo. Ah. Yeah. Finally gonna get Schrodinger's equation on your arm? What <laughs> uh. the fuck are you talking about, nerd? I'm gonna get a tattoo of, of like, the, a black hole. On my face. I'm <laughs> <laughs> gonna have to explain that one a lot. People might think it's blackface. <laughs> and those people would be racist. All right. I'm talking about an, an, an energy for which nothing can recover. You got any smokes? Yeah. Wow, I didn't expect you to have smokes. I just use them because they can lead to good conversations. Don't smoke myself. Just put it between my lips. I'm not gonna fuck you. It's all right. Just here for the conversation. I might fuck you. <laughs> not with that attitude. Whoa, nice. Nice. Well played. Oh, so the black hole's gonna compliment that pulsar on your arm? Yeah, I think it will. 
it'll also complement my my switchblade. <laughs> you know how to handle that? So you know about how pulsars are how we can measure distance in space? <laughs> what you're going for with that? <laughs> you're reading a lot into my tattoos. All of my tattoos have I like spaceship. I like spaceship. Alright? Yeah. That's why I'm covered in spaceship tattoos. Ah. And by covered, I mean I have two other spaceship tattoos. Pulsar and. Maybe someday you'll see the other one. Mm. Not with that attitude. Stop saying that. <laughs> Stop saying that like I, I could. I could so have you. I could have you like right now if I wanted. You gotta earn it. What the fuck? You gotta go out there and get it. I didn't get my engineering degree by saying maybe I'll get there. I went out and I took it. Stop fucking with my head, nerd. <laughs> I know. Every guy in this building wants to fuck me. I know that. All right? So stop pretending like you don't, or I'll fuck you. <laughs> You're in a logical contradiction right there. All right, we're gonna fuck. There we go. Not. <laughs> Did your sense of humor end in the 90s? <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> I just, in my experience, that's the last time that kind of joke structure worked. <laughs> Look. Alright. Alright. Well, it, it, it's back on. We're gonna fuck. your cigarette back in your pack. I never lit it, so it's good. <laughs> like, like I said, I like to put the source of death in my mouth, but not let it kill me. I'm telling you, Shanice, this guy's fucking hot. Yeah. Yeah. He's at work driving me crazy. It's like he's a total fucking geek, but he fucking makes me fucking wet all day long. I gotta fuck this guy. Is it because he's I nice mean, to you? You go for all the nice guys. I know. That's all I go for. It's fucking nice guys. Who stay with me. Until they realize. You keep falling for it. You need someone tough to match your tough exterior. <laughs> You're right. I should, I should go down to the pier or something. Yeah. I think it's fuck. I think it's Really fucked up that I go for nice guys. That's all I do, I go for nice guys, and I, I treat them like shit, and they eventually say, this is, I'm not gonna be with you anymore because you treat me like shit. Because they have the self-assertiveness to know what their boundaries are. It's okay. <laughs> You'll find someone for you that wants to fuck you back. Everybody wants to fuck me back. I fuck all the nice guys. Yeah. This guy, I don't, know, I don't know if this guy's nice. 
He's, he's, he's confusing. Oh, he's sending mixed signals. Sorry. He just. What's your deal? <laughs> I just like to gossip. You just like to gossip? Yeah, so all these things that you're feeding me, I tell Bernice over in the next cubicle. So what's going on with that one? Oh, he's found another one. That's a man. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. He's, oh, God, that is news to me. He says that every guy wants to fuck him and that this one is different and that's the one that he's drawn to. So I can't believe that's a man. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. Yeah. I I haven't talked to him yet, so I don't I don't know his deal. Wait a minute, you were just talking. No no I I know our tattooed friend, but I don't I don't know the guy he's going for. The tattoo person is a man. The one with the the space tattoo, that's a man. And as far as I can tell, I, I, I usually don't, you know, check. I go for their personality. You need to check. I don't think that's a man. It's not appropriate in the workplace. I can't go checking. You could just ask. You don't have to physically check. I'm sorry, I guess, uh, can I check? Uh, what's your gender? What the fuck kind of question is that? I usually don't ask. This is why I don't ask. I'm sorry. You can't tell what my gender is? That's it. We're fucking. <laughs> feet, we're fucking. I'm not trying to imply that. I'm just trying to... No, you're definitely trying to imply that. I'm just trying to get my gossip straight. So? So, so now we're fucking. Well, that if you're fucking, you should know his gender. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's just a Is blur. It? Like they take care of me so much, and it's just like I can't tell if it's fingers or genitalia. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wild. Wait a minute. You had you had sex with that person, and you don't know their gender. It was just a magical experience. The lights were off, and I it was too late to ask. <laughs> you couldn't tell. All right. All right. Okay. Oh no. No. no, you should know. I'm pretty open-minded. It's just it's a big open stimulation. Being open-minded is fine. You should still be able to tell what someone's junk is <laughs> if you're having sex with them. I, I could. It's just like all right. Describe this. Describe the sex. What happened? <laughs> where I, you couldn't figure out. Where you, you were unaware that there was either a penis or not a penis there. There was uh, a. Flesh and there was stimulation. There was they were caressing me all over. Right. Flesh is the most generic thing you could say to describe a human. Yeah, it's and just the, the other two things are actions. That's you, what happened. Did you have intercourse? I was penetrated. You were penetrated. Could've, could've, I'm guessing that was a dick. Could have been a strap on. I know the lights all right. Are. All right. Yes, it could have. It could have been. That's a pretty bold move. <laughs> if I'm a guy and I have a dick, why would I put on a strap on? But if I'm a woman and I want to fuck you in the ass, then I would put on a strap on. But that's still a pretty bold fucking move. They were a very bold person. 
they? Well, they is the pronoun I'm using because it's gender neutral. <laughs> All right, you know what? I don't want to hear your gossip anymore. <laughs> your gossip confuses the fuck out of me. Back to securing our nuclear arsenal. Oh, shit. Hmm? Everything's... Someone turned everything off. Oh, no. Oh. God damn it. We never yeah. should have put that switch in. Roger? No, Roger's gone. Roger just left. You turned off the switch because Roger left. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, they, they thought it was a bad idea, so they just turned the switch off. How the fuck did you talk to someone that fast? It's like, I have... I mentioned the problem, and then you immediately were talking to someone who knew the answer. I'm very good at my job when I'm not gossiping. You know what? Fuck this job. <laughs> no. I quit. You're, you're not quitting. Work, I'm not working here. You're, all, you're crazy. You're crazy people. We, we can't work without you. We, we've got to shut this place down also. I, what? Is that, are you just pull an enormous switch from under your desk? I keep the switch on, on my desk because they trust me. I know the gossip between everyone. I know who's doing what. I don't know what gender anyone is, but I, I know what's going on. All right. Well, fine. Turn. It's all right. Uh, I don't know what just happened. We, we've just eliminated the nuclear capabilities of our country. <laughs> all the warheads are inert. We're fine. Better than getting... Do all the other countries, are they aware of that right now? <laughs> Not my problem. It is your problem. If, if, if Russia knows that we are suddenly completely nuclear incapable... Uh, yes, uh, we have just heard that America is no longer nuclear. Really? Yes. Then we will no longer be nuclear. <laughs> I'll get this way. Now we must be less nuclear. We cannot be exceeded by America either in the positive or negative direction. That is correct. Yes, turn everything off and destroy it. Yes, sir. <laughs> there we've done we have less nukes than zero nukes now. Yes, suck on that America. <laughs> How about that? The, the, the reign of nothing that is coming. That's it. We have no sway against them anymore. Less sway than they have against us. I wonder how the other countries will react. That is an interesting thought. King. Yes? Neither Russia nor the Americas have nuclear weapons right now. Oh, finally we can relax. I've hated working on nukes. I just want to play basketball. You suck so bad <laughs> at basketball. I know Dennis Rodman was here, but he's, he's a rebounder. That's all he can do. <laughs> I, I, I think that now, with no more nukes, I can really focus on my skills. I thought maybe, oh, well, okay. But I thought maybe you'd nuke everybody because, you know, the way you are all the time. It's been just this insecurity welling within me that as long as I have nukes and they have nukes, I have to be big, strong Kim, and I don't like it. All right. Please, flip the switches. Well, we only, we, we only have, like, one nuke. <laughs> And it doesn't go anywhere if we tried, but... Uh, no, we'd have to drive it to wherever we wanted to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's all, all the same. I would oh, relax a, more. And we have a very... Without it. We have a kind of a small switch. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. It's off.
the end of an era. There goes our, our one nuclear weapon. It's okay. Watch me make this three-point shot. <laughs> oh, so sad. <laughs> yes, you are descended from God. Thank you. It's clearly God is not a ball player. I did make that shot. You saw me make that yes, shot. Yes, that, 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 that shot did not fall on the ground four feet in front of you. It's, and also, it's, it's, you're not far enough for it to be a three-point. But yes, for you, that was a three-point shot from way downtown. Yes, <laughs> that, that was it. And uh, the people wept when they heard me give that shot. I haven't left the room yet. It's just me and you in the room. I, I know that. The, I could say we, that. We can say that. I can say, oh great, the people wept when they heard you made the shot. That's not impossible. That's not possible to be true. It, By the way, I think we are Russian. <laughs> we like this sure so much. We are Russian. I think so. I wonder how the other countries are doing with their nuclear weapons. If they are Who Russian else has country. a nuclear weapon? <laughs> And no one that I am comfortable <laughs> pretending to be. What's the opposite of a fallout shelter? <laughs> like a rise in shelter? You just reverse both words? <laughs> I'm taking love. It would have to be structureless. Probably empty. <coughs> or it would be completely filled in so that no person could use it as shelter. And it's just. It's like a big concrete block. Yeah. We need one of them. Yeah. We should build one of them. Got all the, all the nukes everywhere. And suddenly and instantly turned off. Yeah. The opposite of mutually assured destruction. I'm going to put all my furniture on the front lawn and live there. Yeah. I'm not going to lock my doors, that's for sure. There ain't no point. Now there's no nukes. Yeah. Because that's why we had door locks. <laughs> Because we were always afraid of being nuked. Yeah. Well, I mean, you heard that after the nukes were de decommissioned that property crime fell to zero. Turns out that thieves were just afraid of being nuked, so they needed to go out and take other people's property. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I absolutely, I was always, the only reason I live indoors is because of nuclear weapons. 
Yeah, we're in Hawaii. We don't need shelters. That's right. Nice all the time. I don't know what to do without fear. We can begin our lives again. My life was built on fear. Yeah, we starving. I'm starving here. We can just go out and harvest nature's bounty. Well, I, I need something to be afraid of. I don't know where to. I don't know what to do with myself. We've got each other. That's comforting. That's not making me afraid. We've got our jet skis that we haven't been riding. That's super awesome. Not making me afraid. Yeah. I don't know what to do. My my whole world view is based on fear, and without it, I am empty. You're an empty vessel. You are a fallout shelter. You've made an emotional fallout center. No, no we've already established that. Well, the opposite. Yeah, I'm a fallout that's shelter why because I'm not. I'm not a solid concrete block. Yeah. I got. I'm empty inside, so I'm. I guess similar to what a fallout shelter would be. Look, I don't even be afraid of something. You'd be afraid of me. I can just give you a menacing look all the time. You never know what I'll do. You better, you better work on it. <laughs> Menace. Yeah. What are you gonna do to me? What are you gonna do to me? I can do things you wouldn't like. I can. That's that I'm working my way up there. You know I'm a kind-hearted person. This doesn't come easy for me. I'm doing this for you. I could scratch my nails on a chalkboard. I could... That ain't much to build my fear on. I could set off the nuclear warning siren. You know that it's not real, but dear, that sound... I, I know it don't mean no. nothing no more. I think it's pretty interesting that we chose to move to Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, it's far away from anything important. Yeah. On this smaller island, we're not even near other people. We're safe. We've been safe, and you've stayed fearful. Do you see that? More what I. There's something all around us that I can't see. <laughs> it's like it's odorless, tasteless, massless, tasteless. I can't perceive it except for the way that it is affecting what I can see. Trees aren't. Moving like they would in the wind. Alright, this is good. I can be afraid of this shit. <laughs> the scientists were wrong about dark matter. It's it's sentient. <laughs> it's coming for us. It's here. It's it's sentient. It's this thing we can't measure, I was, I was about to buy into it. I was about to buy in. It's all around us, and it's, and it's, it's going to get me. And then you said it's, it's sentient, it's, it's got to be purposely coming for me, all of it? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't need to be all of it. Did, 
all of humanity to be coming after you with nuclear weapons for you to be afraid? You just need one. That's true. So there's one dark matter. <laughs> there's one dark... Let's just imagine there's one dark matter out there that's the real dick. Real dick. And he's coming for me. Yeah. He got cast out by all the other dark matter creatures because he's a dick. Wait a minute. They're dark matter creatures now? It's, it's, Are they as dark matter evolved in a different sort of dark matter life forms? That's what I'm seeing out there. <laughs> All right, that's it. I quit. <laughs> that's our 